So, um, so he sent, uh, <laughs> he sent the, the people out. And uh, let's just turn to Second Chronicles 17, and maybe we'll just start blazing through there. That's right. Revelation, Luke, Matthew, and then you come to Second Chronicles, flipping backwards. So if I can select somebody to start reading, and let's, let's just break this up into, <clears throat> say, halves. So if somebody can read, take the first uh, nine, nine verses, that'd be great. Readers? No readers? Second um, Chronicles 17. Go ahead. Anybody want to take the last verses? Go ahead. You want to do it? Sure. Finish up the chapter, and then we'll rip back through and, and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. So in that text, what were some of the things that he did that you guys would call good? Anything good other than what I already pointed out, that he sent people out to teach people law? Anything else? He definitely wanted to protect himself. Um, you'll note that just kind of in the immediate area and the people that reported directly to him, I don't know if anybody was quick enough to do all that math, but that's like over a million people in a pretty concentrated area um, just in Jerusalem. Uh, plus, plus he had people that he, that he had round about um, Judah stationed, okay? So that's, that's one big thing that he did. Do you guys see anything else? Had stock. So he was, he was ready for a siege. He was ready for the battle. And, and you might ask, why was he ready? Well, there had been fighting between his father uh, with uh, Israel for a lot of time, his father Asa, for quite a bit of a time. And so when he first came in, he just built everything up immediately. Yes.
Yeah, so, you know, there in verse 6, he took away the high places and the groves out of Judah. So he, he, uh, he didn't take all away, as it's, it's, it's said other places in the scripture, but he, he, uh, he got rid of a lot of places of worship, and he, and he tore down a lot of the, uh, the idols that they worshiped. Um, so that's definitely an excellent thing that he did. Um, you guys see anything else in there? What else? What other plain attributes just about Jehoshaphat that did you know? Or did you notice, not notice anything about Jehoshaphat? About everybody bringing him stuff. He became very wealthy in all this. And presumably, you know, um, Judah became very wealthy in all this as well. Um, and, and all those funds went to fund his soldiers, build stuff, uh, and so on and so forth. So he became a, a very rich and honorable man uh, during, the course of, uh, during the course of his reign. So one of the, one of the uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to my slides now since I don't have them. Uh, so uh, kind of to, to take a step back and frame it a little bit more, um, so Jehoshaphat um, was the son of Asa. Uh, the time where he ruled was um, kind of, I don't know, scholars put it all over the, the map as, as people are wont to do. They weren't there. And uh, so it's kind of in the 910 to 840 B.C. range. Um, they, they mention his mother, um, and, and they mention uh, her, her father, so his, his grandfather on the mother's side. Azuba and uh, Shilhai, and, and their names mean something not so, not so nice. Um, Azuba, I think, is a desertion, and uh, and, and and Shilhai is um, um, Shilhai is like um, a missile. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting combination of names there. Um, he reigned for fourth. Um, 25 years in Judah, and uh, he started reigning when he was 35. Um, he's five generations from David, uh, so not too far uh, from the king, but certainly not around when you know the temple was dedicated or any of those things. But certainly in his prayer, um, the and hopefully we'll get there, his prayer, the the de dedication uh, was was certainly in his mind. So. Uh, presumably he heard about it or he was taught it in the law. Some of the prophets during his time, um, and maybe you picked up on some of the prophets that came. We, we had two of them. Does anybody remember the two prophets that we portrayed in, in the skits? Yeah? Yeah. Both of them were there and Elijah would have been there during his reign, and um, there was one other one I forgot. And and um, Jehu was another prophet that came and came and told him not so nice things. I, I think that uh, maybe that wasn't portrayed. So his name, uh, Jehoshaphat's name, is as uh, beginning is Jehovah. So J Jeho Jehovah, and. Uh, Shaphat judge, so God judges, or the Lord judges. So 
So a lot of people brought him tribute, so God made him rich and honorable and uh, lots of things going on. And one of the things that we, we talked about, we, we had Ahab coming into battle, but we kind of didn't give the background of that. So does anybody know the beginning of the, the background of what went into this making of peace with, uh, between Ahab and Jehoshaphat? So we talked about that, uh, you know, he made peace with uh, Jehoshaphat made peace with Ahab, and Ahab was uh, this you know wicked king in Israel. And um, does anybody know kind of any of the background of that uh, work? No. So so there was a marriage, um, and uh, there was a marriage between uh, Jehoshaphat's uh, son with a daughter of Ahab. Does anybody, has anybody connected up those dots? The daughter of Ahab is presumably Athaliah, and Athaliah was the uh, proclaimed queen of uh, Judah, and how to, and, and this is how she kind of got there, and uh, she's the one that killed all the seed royal, stepped into the, stepped into the queenship, and later, um, later uh, we have uh, her, I guess, sister-in-law. This is on, I don't have it. On, I do have it on the slide, but it's, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, saved uh, Joash, and Joash um, um, became king. So that's that's kind of that marriage alliance. So the, the scripture, as it's presented in the scripture, it sounds like. Uh, pretty much Jehoshaphat was the driver of this alliance. Um, he was the one that kind of wanted this peace and kind of gave up his son, married him off to this, this wicked person, right? So we know that Jehoshaphat was at least uh, smart enough to recognize um, a false prophet. One would think he would be also smart enough to recognize an evil person. We don't know if his son was enamored with this woman or any of the details. It's just that he had this, he wanted this peace with, with Israel, um, which is kind of interesting. And, and from that, Ahab, you know, killed sheep for Jehoshaphat um, and nevertheless enticed Jehoshaphat to go to war with him um, against, the, <clears throat> against the Syrians, which is kind of interesting because his father Asa had actually hired the, Assyr the Syrians to go to war for him against Israel. So a wicked web of stuff going on. It's like the best soap opera ever. Um, so nevertheless, what we didn't depict is God, uh, God uh, protecting Jehoshaphat in battle. If you, anybody remembers that battle, um, Ahab said, well, I'll go to battle. And we'll go to battle get together, but you wear your kingly robe. And so uh, Jehoshaphat put on his kingly robes, and um, the, the, the captain of the Syrian army gave very strict orders uh, to his people to just kill Ahab, just get rid of Ahab. So of course they're looking for somebody kingly. Well, they kind of cornered Jehoshaphat, and, um, and yet God protected him through that battle, even though he did the wrong thing and going to the battle to begin with, making the alliance to begin with. God did protect him. And God had sent his prophet 
uh, to tell him so, um, that indeed uh, this was a bad thing and, and they shouldn't have done it. So in the beginning of chapter 18 of Second Chronicles, um, it's, it's kind of the background for this story, it reads this, Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance, and in the same sentence, and of course, the next thing you should do is join yourself and have an affinity with Ahab. It's very obvious. And then after certain years, um, he went down to Ahab and Samaria, because Ahab killed him sheep and oxen, as I had mentioned. Uh, and then you have this exchange um, that, that Ahab asked Jehoshaphat to go to war with him. He went to war with him. And uh, then when they return, um, of course, the good thing that came out of that battle is what? Did anything good come out of the battle at all? Yes? Ahab was killed. So, so if, if, you wanna, if, you're, if we're keeping track, maybe this wasn't such an awful thing. Um, and then, you know, Jehoshaphat returns in peace, it reads in chapter 19, verse 1 of Second Chronicles. And then Jehu, the son of Hanani the seer, went out to meet him and said to the king, should you help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon you from before the Lord. And it takes a while for this all to play out, this wrath from him. However, what does Jehoshaphat do? Does he, does he take the prophet and throw him in jail and feed him, you know, bread and water of affliction? No, he doesn't. Um, does, he, does he walk away from the Lord? No, he doesn't. He doubles down on the things that he did good in the past, and he sends people out to teach yet again. And he also, uh, the little scene that we did about, about telling the judges to be careful how they judge, so he set up the judges. He warned the judges to be careful of how they judge, and he kind of laid, laid it out for them that they're judging for the Lord. Be careful what you do. Um, so that was a, a very excellent thing that he did. And then from that, in uh, chapter 20, oh, we're rolling now. I wasn't even paying attention. Have I been covering stuff that was been up there as I'm rambling? Okay. Oh, we want to get back to some other bad alliances that he did. Thanks, Thanks for this prompt. So... Um, yeah, the names of the kings. We went through, uh, I think we went through them all in the, in the, in the play. Does anybody remember? Or uh, were the children speaking, enunciating well enough that you would have recognized the names of the kings as they rapidly went through their, their in information? Does anybody remember other than Ahab, these evil people? They were all from Ahab, if that helps, yeah? Go ahead. Yes? Joram, Joram was one of them, and there's one more. Also a son. He didn't reign very long. Ahaziah. So you had Ahaziah and Joram. So Ahaziah had, uh, he had, uh, <laughs> he made ships with Ahab, and um, presumably uh, um, a lot of the commentators that came across made it sound like he didn't let uh, Ahaziah's men go with him because of this meeting with Jehu the prophet. Um, so they built ships. God destroyed the ships as they depicted. Um, those, those are the places you can find it. And then with Joram, he, he went into battle again against uh, Moab 
and Ammon and uh, uh, people from Mount Sire. So very, very interesting uh, and poor choices of these alliances that he made. Um, okay, I think I've already done some of this, but go ahead, click again. I can't remember. Yeah, so when faced with trouble, uh, Jehoshaphat seeks the Lord. And um, so um, then God raised up uh, the Moabites again uh, to fight against Moab and Ammon to fight against uh, Judah. And um, of the Old Testament prayers that we have, um, oh, go ahead, click, because I can't remember this one either. Okay. Yeah, so a bunch of people, Moab and Ammon, come to fight. And in, and in chapter 20 um, of Second Chronicles, um, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying in verse 2, that there comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they are in Hazan, Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. It would be just much easier to say they're in Gedi, but we have to go through those tough words there. <clears throat> and Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord. So not only did he set himself to seek the Lord, but the next thing that is written in that verse is that he proclaimed a fast throughout of Judah. And that word proclaimed is also a very interesting word. Um, it, it has the sense of um, accosting or, or almost violating somebody. Um, um, and it's the same word, it's the same word that's used in um, Exodus uh, 34, 5, and 6, when God hides Moses in, 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 in his hand and, and proclaims the Lord, the Lord. Uh, it's this, that same word. So it kind of gives me a different sense of, of what Moses actually felt uh, when God proclaimed himself uh, to Moses. But uh, here, again, he proclaims this, this fast and shakes the people up. It's a stirring up of the people to fast. Then he gets the people together uh, to seek God and um, goes to the Lord's house. And then we have his, his prayer, which, uh, next slide, which is not, uh, not an exceptionally long prayer. Um, however, uh, it draws on uh, the rich history of Israel. It draws on the rich history of God moving his people and taking care of his people. And... Um, and um, could we have somebody just take uh, a few minutes to read Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter twenty six through twelve? No volunteers. I can I can read it. If, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Kathy. Sure. So, um, what do you guys see in this prayer that, that might, is there anything in this prayer that might be encouraging to you to pray? Is there anything in, in this, this text and that we've talked about on the background of him seeing this big enemy coming up against him and, and responding um, in, in prayer? Yes. 
putting it all back on God. God, you put me in this situation when, in fact, he kind of put himself in this situation. I think this is, this is what, what God has raised up. And oftentimes, in our problems, we, too, put ourselves in this situation. Um, he does indeed put it back on God, um, but uh, we're normally not totally innocent in the predicaments we find ourselves in. Though we may say, well, I'm innocent. I've never done this, that, or another. Um, in this case, um, he definitely was responsible, and this is a result of all his bad decisions and all his bad alliances in, in, in the past and in reality. Um, so, yeah. Probably a lot of us do pray that every day, <laughs> um, because I, I'm sure we all we all have problems, um, we all have challenges, we all have things come upon us or just pop up like that. Um, um, of of the kind of Old Testament prayers, too, the things he picks out on the history, um, he he focuses in on, you know, first a, a bunch of rhetorical questions, right? I always love rhetorical questions in the Bible. They just like smack you in the face often. They're great because you need that face smack often, right? It's like all these rhetorical questions kind of stir you up and wake you up to really what God's about, how powerful he is, how amazing he is, and how, you know, he wants, to t he wants us to come to him in prayer, right? You know, if you think about the Old Testament and the Bible all the way throughout, I mean, you have Adam and Eve sin in the garden, and then you... You have them getting cast out of the garden and a number of things happen. And then finally you see this little blurb that, and people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And then you wait a couple more chapters and again, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And, and I, I find that very striking that God, one, listens and hears, know what we're going to say to him before he says it. And then he actually does want us to say it. And he wants us to come to him in prayer. Just like here, he, he, he wanted him to come to him in prayer. And he did. And, and from this prayer also, you know, one other thing is, the, uh, is Solomon, you know, reflecting back to the dedication of the temple. So that's in Second Chronicles 6. So the dedication of the temple, uh, what was that about? And, you know, did God actually promise these things? Did God actually ever say, yes, I'll do these things for you? Does anybody know that answer? It was in Solomon's prayer, but did God ever answer that? Did he ever say, yep, I got you covered, Solomon? No, but what did he do? He sent down fire to consume the sacrifices, right? So oftentimes we don't, we don't see this this happen, and that perfect sacrifice was made for us in Jesus, so we have... We have that connection. We have that promise from him throughout the scriptures that he does listen, he does hear, and, and he, will, he, will, he will listen. Okay. Go next slide. Yeah, Pip did all the slides for me. Okay, so the outcome of, um, oh, during, right after Jehoshaphat's prayer, um, they have a Levite in the audience uh, Jehaziel, which says, your prayer has been 
heard and answered um, and, and go out to battle, but the fight is not yours, the fight is the Lord's. And um, this is one of those battles where uh, Judah does not lift a finger. Okay? They go, and it's, it's much like, it's much, much like Joshua, right? They go around the city a few times singing, blowing the trumpets. Here, they're just marching into battle, and they're singing praises to God. And uh, they get to one of these towers uh, or these lookouts that uh, um, presumably Jehoshaphat had built. And they look out, and what do they see? They see a bunch of dead Moabites and Ammonites. Because God had said, while they were singing, it's, the scripture says that God set up ambushments against them. So that's really cool. And also should encourage us to praise God a lot more for what he does. Um, and they go out for three days collecting booty from these uh, dead Moabites and, and Ammonites and then uh, return home very happy in Jehoshaphat uh, leading them. And again, the, um, oh, the end of the story, yeah, Jehoshaphat dies. Um, and and his, his son, Joram, uh, reigns in his stead. His son, Joram, was a pretty, because of presumably in part from the great influence of his wife, was not a very good guy. Um, yeah. He did uh, some very bad things. Evaluation. Oh, yeah, so what do you guys think about Jehoshaphat? Now that I told you a little bit about him. He had a nice beard. The pictures that you saw at the front, he had a nice beard. I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm, I'm really, you know, from what Tim showed last week, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that beard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. No, I, th I think it, he did more than okay it. I think he wanted, he, I, I don't, I, it's hard to say what, what was wrapped up in his head, but he did okay the wedding. He did more than okay the wedding. Yeah. Away from God. Well, that also, the people, it doesn't, you know, since, since the high places weren't totally wiped out during Jehoshaphat, he wiped some of them out. Um, it also tells you about the heart of the people. He never got the heart of the people on board, not, not 100%. Um, because if they would have been 100% on board, you would imagine they would help destroy. They would just go out and destroy these places, and that did not occur. After Joshua, yeah. So Saul, he would have been seven. seven? Yeah. 
that's a lot of generations. It, it, it also, yeah. And uh, I, I, again, you know, as you go and as you go through those kings, I should have that someplace. Um, so you had, you know, David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, or Abijam, um, Asa, Jehoshaphat. So there you have it. And 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 you know, Rehoboam, Abijam, not not good, not good examples. And then Asa started bringing them back. Did some did some not so nice things at the end. Um, you know, here again, Jehoshaphat may have seen when Asa was late in his life. Um, you know, a prophet came to him and, and, and kind of shellacked him a bit. And um, <laughs> Jehoshaphat may have seen that. I mean, and, and because Asa had that prophet in prison, <laughs> and uh, Jehoshaphat did not do that. So you have these good and bad examples in life, and you always have to make that decision. Do I want to be like this guy, do I, or do I not want to be like this guy? So from these good and bad examples, I think it's important. I think it's important, I mean, for children to see that as well. For us to see it's important, too. Everybody needs to see the good and the bad that happens in your life. God puts those good and bad things providentially, uh, there for a reason, so what will you do with those things? Um, you, you've got a choice to make. You've got many choices like that daily. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think oftentimes, um, you know, we think and that's kind of the ripple effect, right? You toss a rock in the pond, what happens? Um, it's those ripple effects in life that, and oftentimes you never see those ripples. You never, you're never alive long enough to see the ripples hit whatever they're going to mess up, right? You never, you never see it. So decisions we make in life matter. Um, yeah, and, and we just don't know the impact. So I, I love, the, I love the reading the Kings and the Chronicles. I mean, and, and yeah, I, I do struggle with <laughs> actually reading their names too. Um, but uh, you, you read about that, and it's like, consider those ripples. It's pretty heavy stuff. Yes? So, so the end was that the fear of the Lord spread to all the inhabitants of the land. Correct. That, that, that actually happened periodically through his reign. Um, uh, whenever he went to battle uh, and came back, um, at the beginning of his reign, God put fear in the people's hearts, gave him peace, um, because 
and it, you know, it's, it's in the context of because he sought the Lord, because he sought to do his commandments, because his heart was bent toward God, he had peace. No, God is faithful. Yeah. Amen. All the time. So, so um, I, I hope in this thumbnail sketch, uh, just to tell you guys a, a little bit, I hope, I hope you, you heard something that you haven't thought of, read, heard for a while, um, connect, whether it's the connectivity of the lineage or, or, or anything like that. And I hope you're encouraged by this because I think like most, well, like a lot of the Bible, we can... We can uh, look at Jehoshaphat or a number of people's lives and recognize that we ain't a whole lot different. Um, and, and we can take heart in that by the way that God raised these people up to do great things, and they stumble often, and we stumble often. But God is wanting us to come back to him always. So that's it. Any, any other closing thoughts? I had a lot that I didn't get to, but... Um, Thanks a lot, Jay, for getting this up on very short, short notice. Okay. All right, so let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for this that you give us in your word, and uh, we pray that you would uh, help us to serve you, be quick to turn to you in our time of need, and uh, that you would give us the, the wisdom uh, to do that. Uh, strengthen us, Lord. Help us to worship you this next hour. And help us to be lights in this dark world for Jesus' sake. In his name we pray. Amen.